Welcome to Food for Friends, the podcast that opens the fridge door of your favourite foodies. We've invited ourselves over for a nose around their kitchen, for a poke around their cupboards, and to rifle through those takeaway leaflets from the early noughties. I'm your hostess with the mostess, Eleanor Irvin. This is Fancy Food. This is Food for Friends. We are here because we are looking through Liberty Mendes's new cookbook, I'll Bake, um, who Liberty was a guest on season one and we've been so excited about this book coming out and we have not been disappointed we've just been flicking through well i've been flicking through while lying on izzy's bed and we're so excited to discuss it right okay talk me through this drink um okay i need like a little um there wait 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 wait. oh anyway i don't know stanley if you're listening we need more guests for season two um we do so why are we here as well so this is a little special pre-podcast we are off to the cookbook launch of the wonderful previous guest of the podcast and our first ever actual guest we went to our first house we visited our first kitchen liberty mendez and i think it's safe to say liberty is one of those people who is just a kind of living angel like I remember saying to you before we went for the record with her, I was like, I'm gonna find like, you know, I'm gonna find her little guilty secret or whatever. She is just the nicest person. And I think that kind of empathy and so on and just general enthusiasm for life really comes through in her book. Um, she's got this hilarious, um, well, introduction that basically, the, the idea of the book is that baking is all about context. Mm. And I so believe in that in terms of food will work in one context, but it would feel completely wrong in another. Um, and she's just got this amazing list of, of why you might need to bake. Let's just you hear me flick the pages. There we go. Also, can I just say, it is such a beautiful book. It's very pretty. It's pink and purple. I mean, what no, more but could I'm you not want? Really a, I said this to you earlier. I'm not usually a fan of purple as a colour. Although I did paint my room purple but it's this when beautiful, I was eight. beautiful, like, I mean, I'm almost going to say like a powdery blue purple. It's like a violet. Yeah, it's very... It's like an indigo. I don't know <laughs> what shade it is. Let's just go through the whole Farrow and Ball paint know, chart. I don't know what shade it is. But it's this beautiful um. powdery blue kind of purple. Um, and it's very Liberty as a book. Um, but let me just read you some of the... Um, occasions to bake so she says there's always an occasion to bake um, and so here are some of the things if you are looking for something impressive to bake for the new in-laws to make them forget about your partner's ex make her brown sugar pavlova wow that's if, on my list that brown sugar pavlova <laughs> if you want to impress your parents with a killer dessert so it diverts the conversation and takes the pressure off the fact you haven't bought a house or aren't married Make her mocha self-sourcing pudding, which does look delicious. And we will go through some of the things that we're really keen to bake in here. Um, and let me just... Oh, here's one I loved, which I think is so relatable. And I've actually... I've post-noted one of these puddings. Um, if you want the comfort from a school dinner pudding, but how you remember it tasting, not how it probably actually tasted, <laughs> make her lighter jam roly-poly. And That is so good. I just think she just she obviously works in kind of baking in such emotional terms and i think that's yeah. what baking evokes for people are memories also and that comes through so strongly in this and she she somehow 
manages to kind of tap into lots of retro classics, but just giving them a spin that like I, I, I haven't seen before. So I'm really excited to kind of dig into those to, to kind of those aspects of the book. I also love how each section, each chapter has got a link to a Spotify playlist. Mm. So like, it's just so clever because obviously baking and listening to music is so good. And I think there's such like a mood for each chapter. Um, also, did you spot my mention at the back? <laughs> how could we, how could we miss it, Izzy? Could we miss it's it? on your Instagram story. I think it's my your, first cookbook. Your mention mom's put a mention there. in the local newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's on my Twitter as well. I taste tested quite a lot of these recipes in deepest, darkest lockdown, which was actually sort of how me and Liberty became friends was in lockdown when we sort of had loads of conversations, social distance conversations on the doorstep when she'd hand me these lovely bags of things. Um, little did I know I was helping her recipe test for this cookbook and I found this out later on but yeah I remember some of these recipes being in their early kind of stages so I don't know okay the focaccia Mm. really good focaccia so actually fun fact Liberty's focaccia recipe on BBC Good Food is I think the highest rated or one of the highest rated recipes on the BBC Good Food website. Wow. Which is such an accolade. I'm not surprised. Not doesn't surprise She me wears her expertise very lightly because Liberty's worked in some incredible places, including the Houses of Parliament. Yeah. And she trained at Westminster College. So, you know, she has this kind of uh, sort of light, glorious, sort of airy way about her, but she has grafted mm-hmm. in some really, really, you know, I wouldn't say difficult, but you know, large scale industrious workplaces. And that really shows through in the technique of the book. Um, and I have no doubt, well, in fact, from speaking to her, I know that she's tested these all time and time again. So it's just, I think it's gonna become one of those books that, you know, mums go to for their kind of kid's birthday cake, that friends go to for, you know, making something special for an occasion. And it's just gonna become one of those kind of, really trusted books that you lean on when you just need something that you know is going to work and actually when we interviewed her for the podcast she mentioned how to be a domestic goddess by Nigella Lawson which I think a lot of you know definitely young women who you know got into got into cooking when they were kind of in their early teens or kind of you know childhood and so on how to be a domestic goddess really was that book that I think a lot of us got signposted to I certainly did and I think this has very how to be a domestic goddess vibe and of course that title is very tongue-in-cheek um but I think the idea of like the occasion and when it's right to be cooking something and when something deserves more effort and actually when you just need to be able to go into your cupboards and you know raid it for some biscuits and so on and make something delicious you know it's all it's all in here um so yeah i think we should go through some of the books that we've the books some of the recipes that we've post noted um i'll start because it's yeah. on the page that i want so this is it's a mosaic biscuit tin cake and i just think this is such oh that's my whatsapp going that's off so it's professional so, sorry no sorry i should have taken it off i'll cut that out um it's all right we're drinking it's a friday we're going to a cookbook launch i know if you hear any gulping you're lucky to even get this podcast I know. <laughs> so it is a vanilla sponge with really sort of simple buttercream, but you sort of get a few different varieties of biscuits, for example, custard creams, 
party fingers, bourbons, and you sort of break them up and create a sort of mosaic around the edge of the cake. And it just looks so striking. It's really effective. And it's my housemate's birthday at the end of the month. And I think I'm going to rustle this one up. Because he probably doesn't listen to this, so this will be a surprise. Definitely doesn't, but he um. definitely knew there was a podcast <laughs> happening today. Turn the page. We are looking at the cover image. Yeah, I mean, the other thing to say is, I mean, I know it's a cliche, so but when I was show. going through, um, yeah, this is the cover image, but when I was going through the book, I've just post-noted so many of the of the recipes. So, yeah, I think, you know, we've we've I've tried to be kind of, you know, get a good variety and so on, but there are just so many recipes in here that I would actually bake and I don't really bake. You do. You made amazing cheesecake the other week. I yeah, when clients ask me to bake, I'll always do it, but you're a secret I don't, baker though I'm not, I know no, you I'm, can no, do it, I'm not. I can. I mean, I went to Leeds. You I know. know, that's what I mean. You can um, rustle up a great I dessert. Can, I can bake, but not not with love. <laughs> in the same way that with the care and attention. <laughs> with the so care and attention that Liberty so obviously does. And I want to cook some of these things. So yeah, let's look at the cover the cover recipe. So the roasted plum cake. So Liberty actually told me that this took a lot to get right. And I can so believe this because I think it's really hard to make a cake look chic, sexy, and like I'm delicious. doing that pointy thing at Izzy when it, when it means you're right, you're right. No, but do you know what I mean? It is, it is so, and that's why we should always shout out to all the food stylists out there and all the food photographers because you're doing an amazing job to make something you bake look modern and effortless and seasonal is really really difficult (laughs) most things end up looking a little bit but this just this roasted plum cake just looks so grown up and also sorry seamless transition to the next one because really rocketing through them aren't we i know you know we're gonna be late you took so long choosing your outfit. I did. I needed the right outfit to wear. And I did because it's a fabulous night. And I know it is a fabulous night. It brings me seamlessly onto this one because Liberty told me that this recipe was also really hard to style because. Which is recipe is that? A black forest cherry pie. So with like a lattice pastry top. So mm. a full pastry pie. And it's got like that lovely like burnished like cherry jam effect like coming out of the lattice. But basically pies are quite hard again to make look cool stylish modern sexy all the things you want rustic yeah you know like a pie sometimes you it's a bit like a bit wan a bit yeah it's a bit meh yeah let's be honest here this is not a meh pie and it's not it's a kind of burnished beautiful kind of tapestry of pastry with so i love how she's made it simple because so many fruit pie recipes are either very have you surveyed them I do make a lot of pies because I do sorry context my dad really likes pie does he he's such a traditional man when it comes to desserts oh, it's basically a crumble I've known as his dad for like 10 years and, and I did not know this he becomes more difficult by the day it's bread and butter pudding pie or crumble that's oh, all I'm gonna say bread and butter pudding delicious I know but also so ugh, sometimes anyway fruit pies can be really expensive or just like mm-hmm. really fiddly to do if you're doing something like a cherry pie because you've obviously got to pit each cherry. Liberty, queen, cost of living crisis alert, frozen cherries. I know, I Such love that. a good alternative, do you not think? I know. And actually, lots of the recipes, including this one, have a note being like, if you can't find this, you can use this. So with this one, she said, if you can't find frozen cherries, which to be honest, if you try hard enough, you can find them. Um, but you can use a fruits of the forest mix, which obviously, you know, even like... Little corner shops have those now because everyone uses them in their smoothies. 
So yeah, I think that's great. I think we should also mention as we go to the next recipe, mm. every recipe in this book is five steps or less. Is it? Yep. And that is a really key thing. So she writes in the intro that, yeah, that, that was something that she wow. had to have for each recipe because often baking, people look at the recipe and they go. That's impressive because there are things in here that are like, there's like this delicious, I haven't actually anyway, posted it, talk but about this next one I will talk about this next one, but so I just want to say on the five step thing, like there's there's this like sausage pasty for hung, for hangovers, for hangovers. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a hungover. Um, you actually? Uh, no, no, oh. I'm actually not today. No shame. Um, <laughs> I'm actually not No, today. although I did have a few beers last night at this amazing restaurant called 101 Thai Kitchen in Hammersmith and it was the best Thai food I've really? ever had in my life. Yeah, but this is about liberty. No, um, I love it. Sausage pasty, um, I was thinking, oh, like that sounds like an amazing thing to have on a hangover, but that sounds like a faff. Um, and I was reading it and That's I was like, I this think. is not a faff. So um, the next thing I've got posted noted, the next thing I've got posted noted is um, Paloma marmalade, which Liberty suggests you, I think she suggests you can take it around to your neighbor. Is that right? Um, let me just check. She that. says, take it round to your neighbour in order to make friends. Yeah. Past just asking when the bins get taken out. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I've just yeah exactly. Really so this paloma marmalade and that just I mean we to make that for like your girlfriends like a little like thing of that at Christmas that's just so, so modern good. with a bit of tequila in it. She's so clever. And she was saying, oh, it's so hard to find recipes that are new and that no one's made and so on. She's literally written so many that are. As far as I'm Palomas concerned. Palomas are so trendy at the moment, which I would really love a Paloma tonight. It's so hard to find a decent one, actually. I do agree with that. <laughs> says, says producer Izzy, just downing the rest of her Campari. Did I even explain what that was? No, go on. Tell me what was it. It was really nice. We were going to have a tequila cocktail, but we've had Campari with a little bit of white wine and a grapefruit soda. And I was saying we should put some olive brine in it as well, but we didn't. Mm. But it was really tasty. Quite really sweet, worked. which is why I thought the olive brine it's might work. It's kind of like a warm-up to a Negroni. Mm, yeah. I feel like the next step today will be a Negroni, but it's going to be a big minutes. night. Um, but <laughs> home by nine. Yeah, exactly. This marmalade looks so good. So Paloma marmalade. So Paloma, just in case you weren't sure, is a cocktail with grapefruit and tequila in, and it's very kind of a la mode at the moment. And what a great idea because lots of people make their marmalade with grapefruits. I mean, Liberty even says Seville oranges, which people often make their marmalade with are expensive and difficult to find at times so make it with grapefruits add in some tequila i just think like i can just so imagine good. a mother-in-law type figure in your life just loving that like it's just a very chic thing to to give a friend so moving on i love um, this organization from you post-it notes well you know we've got to this is so good and this one you introduce it but this is one that i think my mum will love so Liberty says this one's really good for dinner parties. And this is the No Churn Tiramisu Ice Cream Terrine. Which again, I just think has that really like charming, like slightly retro element to it. It lo looks almost like a Vianetta. Um, and she says this is perfect for a dinner party because you can make it well ahead. And I know that so many of our listeners will be very into that as like, and when you see it, it just has this like tiramisu appearance and obviously the flavors as well. And I can just imagine guests being like, 
God, she's a kitchen queen. Like if she brought that out because it's just like, well, he, sorry, I'm being very, very sexist <laughs> in this podcast. But I do think Who's that- to say the males in our lives won't be having dinner parties when we're out and about. I, I know they lots won't. of women in my life who will love this book. Yeah. And that's not to say that yeah. I don't know lots of men, but I know lots of women in my life yeah. will love this book. Seamless transition to Tiramisu. You didn't post a note this one, but I would really like to talk about the espresso martini affogato quickly. Yeah. Because Liberty said- the tactic for this recipe came to me when I had no room in the freezer for ice and a load of ice cream. Priorities. I desperately want an espresso martini. Again, priorities. So I packed some vanilla ice cream into a cocktail shaker to chill it. It's perfect as you don't need to make a sugar syrup to sweeten it. So basically, the idea is that you put the ice cream in the cocktail shaker and literally make it kind of as you would a normal espresso martini but it's like a cross between the espresso martini and affogato. So you can mm. just like shake it and you don't need the sugar syrup because the sugar sweetness, Delicious. sweetness comes from the ice cream. So that good. How nice Moorish. is that for like an, a sort of after dinner, like you don't want a full dessert, but you want- I just think lots of these recipes will really impress people. Yeah, so that, so I was talking earlier about um, the idea of those school puddings that you might feel nostalgic for, but when you actually tasted the version now, um, you're quite disappointed. I mean, I had this with Skips the other day, so I tried some Skips. And... Really? I love Skips. They just weren't how you remembered. No, they weren't. They don't taste a prawn cocktail at all. But I just, mm. I don't know. I I, I, I just want them to be tangier than I remember them being. But I anyway. If you're going for a cheap crisp, sorry, this is a very quick side note. If you're going for a cheap crisp, I think it needs to be a really, really strong salt and vinegar crisp. Or so it's munch. like. I can't do Monster Munch. Why not? I don't like the smell of my fingers. Oh, fair. Wear gloves. Anyone sees me walking down the street eating a packet of Monster Munch, I already can't eat a banana like a normal <laughs> banana. I have to literally cut the banana up and eat it. What's wrong with you? Why? Oh, it's just I just feel really uncomfortable. I don't. I don't want to go into this now. But no, it's we have weird. to. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you like it? I just feel deeply uncomfortable seeing people eat bananas like. Just like eating the banana. Like a dick. Basically like like a fellatial yeah. object. Yeah. Um, you can just break it off though. I, I have started doing that, but also I did that on the train the other day and just had like a total existential crisis and was like, I can't do this. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's a glimpse into my life Work if anyone on that. wants that. <laughs> Back to <laughs> Liberty's gorgeous book. I'm so sorry, Liberty. Um, nostalgia. Um, school cake. I think we can all picture the one it's airy, it's got white icing on the top and sprinkles. And when you got it at school, it was like the most exciting thing ever. And she's done a recipe for that. That is something I genuinely will cook because I feel like the nostalgia there is just so glorious. And I think that gives you like a really good overview. Like there's grown up stuff in here with like the roasted plum cake and the Paloma marmalade. Like mm. there's nostalgic stuff. That, I mean, there's, there's so much savory stuff which we haven't even done. And also it's just because Liberty herself developed this book while she was in a house share in lockdown it's so relatable to yeah. i think a lot of our listeners who will be in a house share or will be feeling the cozy living crisis as we all are but do you know what i mean it's like relatable it's not like yeah go out bake this cake and buy 65 ingredients no it's, it's like, really not do this a lot of it actually she starts a lot of the recipes being like you will probably have this in your cupboard so you can use this so Buy the book is what we're trying to say. Did um, we sell it hard enough, do you think? Or do you think we need to go harder? I think we sold it 
well it's and- a perfect present can i just add it's such a lovely present i love giving cookbooks as a present it's just so nice it, like, mm. like it's so inspiring and, and this this book i mean it's gonna look lovely on my bookshelf as well it's a lovely block color to go on my color i just think bookshelf. the ultimate endorsement is that someone who takes very little pleasure in baking would want to bake from it yeah i often look at baking books and i think that's fucking far-fetched i'm not gonna do that whereas i've looked in this really? book and been like i would do that for a dinner party like that tiramisu yeah. terrine i think is so clever i'm not really a dessert person sorry to anyone who is but a lot of people when i do dinner parties or have people around for dinner they aren't real pudding people yeah i know and should we have a, a little spoonful of salt for pudding <laughs> cheese yeah that's always my option but i always forget and i always actually end up sort of offering people like a few squares of dark chocolate and a peppermint tea which yeah, some people are just like really insulted by and this is like a great example of how you can be like shit yeah just try yeah. try harder but you don't even need to try that hard yeah. with this book it's also, just gorgeous as and... Liberty says in the beginning really good point to end is everyone is always bloody impressed when you turn up with something home baked and when were we bloody impressed when someone turned up with something home baked at our launch when uh- liberty turned up with this amazing cake which you can see on our Instagram, by the way. And that was a lemon and blackberry cake. And she's got a lemon and strawberry cake in here. And it was just the most delicious thing ever. It had, again, it was like... Sharp. Exactly, sweet. sharp, tart. She's Bit just... like us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have such a cackle, I realised oh, this today. Oh, God. We need to go to the cookbook launch. We do. We're very Obsessed. excited. Um, and we are on off our way. to the Lucky Saint to go and celebrate with Liberty about her gorgeous book. Because okay. it is such a huge achievement. The domestic goddess of our times, Liberty Mendes. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Food for Friends, the nosiest podcast in food. You can see all our guest fridge selfies at Food for Friends Pod on Instagram. And with every subscribe and five-star review, we're one step closer to interviewing Nigella's Mika Uwave. Food for Friends is hosted by me, Helena Irvin and produced by the glamorous and talented Izzy Bujard. Bye, Izzy, bye.